Hi, this is David McQueen, and welcome to the David McQueen Podcast. so pleased to have Harley in the studio as it were having this conversation with me so welcome Harley welcome thank you David uh, it's been a it's been a long time coming I think yes. I, uh, I I almost uh, I almost begged at one point uh, to be on here so <laughs> excited to be here thank you it's all good never have to beg never have to beg my friend all right so the first question I ask all my guests is uh, what did or do you have for breakfast so it's usually uh, whatever I can grab on the fly, shamefully, from Pret or uh, anything in Camden Town. Um, today, uh, I gratefully had uh, porridge with some fruit and a green tea made by my lovely daughter and wife here at home. Okay, well, good, good. We can, we can, we can, we can, we can work with that. So again, as I said, I, I, I obviously know you. We've worked together for a while now, but I think I really wanted to get my audience to get a sense of your leadership journey and the way that you see leadership as you're growing your organization, the way you're growing as a person. So I guess my first question is, is, is how do you get into your actual leadership journey? Yes, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. I think the short answer is uh, by accident um, and a lot of luck. I, uh, I left school at 16, 17 and went out into the city. Um, uh, I, I was lucky enough early on to be the, the T-boy apprentice um, for uh, the CEO of a big financial trading firm um, and spent some, I think I can call, illustrious, interesting years in financial trading uh, and went on to, to launch iTech in 2015. Um, I guess from a leadership perspective, I somehow inspired uh, some very, very special people uh, to come with me on this crazy unfounded journey and um, leadership just uh, evolved from there for me. Um, learning new things, failing a lot, uh, putting out some interesting fires and, and uh, I guess in line with our company values, growing every day. Good, 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 good. Love that, love that. So you said you left, you went straight into the city um, from 16. Mm. Yeah. And, and is it because you just, was school just not for you? Is that just the way you just wanted to be out of there and going into the city? I was, uh, I was definitely the rebellious type. Mm -hmm. um detentions and i think they they called it room 17 back back at school was my uh where where i spent um some good some good time there learning and reflecting um it was yeah um that was the path for me so um i think i wanted my financial freedom i wanted my independence i wanted to make something for myself and uh, something there just wasn't um, giving, 
it for me in the in the path of education mm. so I, i'm gonna jump a bit here and, and i'm gonna ask you so do you think that and i'm gonna put it in speech marks do you think that rebellion was a sign of your leadership to come do you think that's part of what you had you just do not want to play by the rules you want to do things your way i think so uh, and even in my FX days, and there'll be some um, good um, previous bosses that uh, that that will definitely relate to this. I, I didn't like being told what to do. I didn't like the instructions. I didn't like the targets or the uh, or, or the quotas. Although that motivated me in something that I, I guess helped me prove something of myself. Uh, yeah, that's definitely a theme. Okay, good, good. So, do you have? Um... Or have you had across the, the the length of your life? Do you have any leadership role models? Is this apart from you, David? I'm not allowed to mention <laughs> you on your own, on your own podcast. <laughs> okay, yeah. Apart from me, apart from me, okay. do you have any uh, models? Uh, I def I definitely do. Um, and I talk about this quite often. But I, I feel super grateful and lucky to have been um, inspired by so many amazing people along the way. If I had to pick one, and it's a really hard choice. Uh, Apologies if there's anyone listening that's thinking I'm about to name drop them. Yeah, I I think it would be Satya Nadella. Um, a few reasons. I think for what he's done at, at Microsoft mm. um, is it, pretty remarkable. Um, but when I dig deep, one of the big sort of aspects about him is, uh, I guess, the mentality around acting quickly and thinking slowly. Um, and the learner all culture that he's developed there i think is kind of something quite special one of our values as i mentioned before the companies grow every day and relating to that i guess for myself i've had um the opportunities to uh really hack my own leadership style and learn from it and develop as time's gone on um yeah and i think that, that that's been quite interesting so yeah, satya will probably be up there with my uh, with my top few in terms of role models. Okay, fabulous. And did you did you see any kind of leadership that you really admired in your friendship or family group as well that might have guided you to where you are right now? Yes. Um, a lot of good, yeah, maybe interesting learnings on both sides, actually from my dad. Um and really quick backstory, my dad grew up in, in Parsons Green um, in the 50s and 60s. Uh, we'll probably um, relate to my love of a, uh, a certain football club that we won't mention right now. Um, <laughs> he, he had an incredible work ethic that I think he picked up from his parents um, and used to have a, a small chain of ladies fashion stores. Uh, and I think that the one thing that really instilled in me and both my brother was uh, the the understanding of how you really graft um, and I guess a bit of the entrepreneurial spirit at seven or eight of a weekend. Um, he would wake us up at 6 a.m. Um, and take us out to Commercial Road buying with him in the East End. And that whole, I think, mantra of the hard work that went in to, for, for him to be able to provide for us and our family, um, I think taught us something really early on. Mm. 
Good, good. Okay. I, I think I get a sense from that, from the conversations that we have had anyway. That's fantastic. So I, I guess switch, switching it away slightly, what, what does good leadership look like for you? What does it really look like for you? I think there's a few aspects, but when it all comes down to it, for, for me personally, it's about um, really being your authentic self and finding a way to, to really be you. And I think within that, it's, it's finding a way to connect your, your personal values so you can be you, be, be who you want to be rather than who you believe people need you to be to be there. Um, and I think that's quite powerful on the other side of things with being able to connect to the, the, the human on the other side um, and understand the, the values and the personal challenges or goals or opportunities for the people that you're leading. Um, for me, that's one of the core tenets of, of good leadership and obviously em empathy and um, emotional intelligence and a few other um, powerful traits, I think, hang off the back of that. Let me dig deep with you for a bit on that empathy and emotional intelligence piece. Um, what happens if a leader isn't really attuned to that or aren't truly aware of their empathy or emotional intelligence? What have you seen happen when that isn't tuned into? So I guess for me, in, well, in the spirit of Grow Every Day and a feedback culture, it's about trying to raise some of that awareness um, in the kindest way possible. The, the challenge I, I think that sometimes people have is that they don't build authentic and honest and uh, trust-based relationships with people because they don't uh, find ways to get on a level um, because they can't connect or understand the challenges that people are going through um, when, when they are leading. And yeah, I think that's an interesting aspect. Okay. So again, as I say, in, in the full interest of transparency, I've, I've seen you having to navigate um, being the CEO of your company in one of the most turbulent times in our living history, right? A pandemic, uh, social unrest, um, the challenges around um, race um, that has happened globally. And I'm quite curious, uh, for you what have been one of the biggest learnings for you as a leader in being able to navigate your organization in that in that in that space of time that's a great question i i'd say for me it really is that uh, authentic communication um i've had a ton of learnings <laughs> um and and s some some of the best from you which i i should say on this podcast uh, <laughs> in terms of how um, I default to just open authentic, transparent comms as quickly as I possibly can when there's something that's either on my mind that I think is uh, challenging or bothering people in the company. Um, and the biggest learning out of that, I guess, on the flip side is that when I've been anxious about releasing something or confronting a topic or going deep on something or I, I've realized that I've just been grossly uneducated around a certain matter um, I've held off and tried to spend spend the time in the background educating myself but in in that meantime people thinking that I'm trying to ignore the topic or uh, that I'm not leaning into it so 
I think that would be one of my biggest learnings uh, with that in mind. Okay. Okay. I'll I'll keep our conversations private, but it's good to hear you speak that out loud. Good to hear you speak that out loud. Um, So tell me, what's one of the toughest decisions that you've had to make as a leader? I, I, I think looking back, it's... It's really letting people go. Um, and I think it's taken me a long, long time to realise that there's an element of kindness or maybe people pleasing about me um, that has not wanted to have the top, tough conversation or raise that person's awareness or give that critical feedback to then know that that person is going to be in a much better place because of it rather than keeping um i guess them in a company where they might know in the back of their minds that they're probably not doing the, their best job or not at their happiest um and seeing how that transpires and fizzles out so i think um probably having a, a natural bias throughout my, my earlier years of not um leaning into those conflicting conversations and yeah i think uh We've got some great examples of that over uh, a lot of our good walks and coaching sessions to to bring that that to life. I think mm. that's where the toughest decisions for me have really been. Mm. And do you think it's gotten any easier or do you think that you have found a, 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 a better way to navigate it or do you still think it's quite tough? I'm very, very, very far from perfect and uh, long may all of our coaching sessions continue. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I definitely think practice makes things a lot easier um, and uh, playing the situations out and really having a strategy behind the conversations that you're going to have um, and just playing them through with a good coach, advisor, mentor before you're going into them Um has really made those conversations a lot easier for me over time. Okay. Cool, cool. Good to hear. Good to hear. Um, let's talk about succession. Uh, and I'm curious, and I've asked all my guests so far what this looks like. So I'm really curious for you, what does a succession plan look like? Or what does the succession strategy look like for you in, in your organisation? I, I honestly don't know. <laughs> I think it's a great question. Um may feature in our, one of our next sessions. <laughs> yes. I, I honestly haven't thought about it too deeply. Uh, and yeah, that, that's definitely going to get me thinking over the next few days. I assume this isn't uh, a good opportunity to, to coach me through the thinking of the strategy around it. But, we can have um, that. We can have that. Here. It's all good. It's all good. We can have that. Um, yeah, I, I honestly don't know. I don't think I've got a good answer for that right now. Well, let's well, let's play with it. Let's play with it a little bit. We'll have a little mini yeah. coaching session in, in 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 on our session here. So the, the way I look at succession, and and I think I it's probably part of the conversation that we've had, is that I always say to senior leaders like yourself, who's in your leadership bench when you walk away from somewhere, who in your senior leadership group could you really say? can pick up the pieces and understand the kind of leadership behaviours that you are expecting from them. And then what does it look like one layer below that? So your senior managers, what's those behaviours that they have? And that's an expectance of the value system in the organisation. And then the third level for me is how does leadership show up and, and that succession and that graduation for individuals, however it shows up in their team, in their group or in a situation. So I guess my the question is more about 
if I, if the best way I can put it is what are the behaviors that you have or you expect from leaders across the board and you expect them to be able to deliver on that? It doesn't have to be said out loud. And I think this is, this is good to be able to do that now. But what are those behaviors that you expect from them? It's a great question. Um, so the, the way I tend to think about this and um, I think really grateful from some great coaching and other advisory and other mentors over the years, um, we went really deep on our values and the behaviors into our values as a company really early on. Um, and we continue to evolve that every year. We're doing another iteration of that work literally as we speak. Um, so I think for, for us understanding um, what the sort of playing field looks like and um, what, as we refer to it, what Epic looks like from a, a values perspective, I might be biased, but I think it's pretty, pretty clear across our company because of those frameworks that we've built. So we look at uh, our four values, rocking it, grow every day, shipping greatness and winners one. Um, and they all have their own aspects to, um, yeah, what, what that sort of epic piece looks like. It could be a good test. It could mm. be a very, it could be a very interesting offsite um, or away day session um, to, to, yeah, to, to navigate that with some of our leaders. Yeah. And, 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 and part of the, part of the questioning was not to, <laughs> was not to sidebar you and go, right, we're going to do this on our next coaching session. But it's, it's so interesting when I talk to a lot of senior leaders that some are really explicit about it. They're like, okay, there are maybe three kind of columns that I want my leaders to follow on. What's your purpose? Mm. Um, what's, what's your expertise, your domain expertise that you're really good at? And, mm. and then how do you manage the human element of it? How do we communicate with people? And I guess the reason why I explore this, and, and again, you don't have to have a, a solid answer, but it's really good to flesh this out, was what are those things when anybody who's in your exco people who are senior managers or heads of, or people who are just running teams or squads or tribes, as you call them, what are those behaviors that you would expect them to have as part of a performance review or just being able to, the way, to, to use your phrase, what does Epic look like when they're yeah. showing up and having those leadership behaviors? But also, and I think this is a critical one that, um, that we'll come to, is that there are lots of managers or leaders who are afraid or threatened by people showing up and doing better than them. So they will have leadership behaviors that will suppress that individual that doesn't allow them to go forward. And I know you're a person that's like, I just want the best, Dave. I just want the best person to come in here, do what they do, do an epic job, help us grow the company. So I guess the point of the succession is being how explicit can we be about that? Um, yeah. And yeah, I just want to just toy, just want to toy with that with you. Just, just to see how I want to run with you in your head, how you, how you think that looks. Yeah, uh, it's it, it's a great one. Um, so how I think about this uh, across the business, we've, uh, as you were saying earlier, we've evolved our, um, I guess, our operating frameworks over the years as, as we've scaled and um, looking to to grow very scarily <laughs> by um, another few hundred awesome people this year, and. When we uh, set the, ex I guess, the expectations, we're always looking at how you could show up um, first and foremost for your, for your team, for your, your product function, um, what we refer to as our, 
our squad, as, as our tribe, as our pillar, um, and then for your chapter, and then for the greater company. So I think that the mentality there shows that um, it's, I want to use the phrase kind of sweeping the sheds, but the kind of um, legacy mentality of that you, you're there um, to do everything that you possibly can um, to set your team up for their success, to remove friction and blockers, to understand you know, them as individuals and what motivates them and gets them going, um, to make sure that you're celebrating and recognising them um, at every available opportunity. And you're, you're there to really help them grow rather than, I guess, and never to judge um, how it might be in, in some other parallel businesses where you're there to, to dictate and set the, um, set the rules and, you know, um, drive that hard accountability. We, we have a healthy level of that, but it's a lot more of the sort of sports team mentality than anything else. Love that. Love that. <laughs> I, I love it so much. I'm like, okay, here we go. We're going to have this conversation in our podcast. And like, okay, we know what we're going to be talking about in our next coaching session. Amazing. <laughs> There's the agenda. <laughs> Definitely. So um, I've got a few more questions uh, that I'd like to yeah. ask. So, um, what, what were those who you lead? So it's a two-part question. What were those who you lead say you do well? And what were those who you lead say you can improve on? Sounds like it's uh, time for my next round of 360 feedback, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 it's live. <laughs> um, I, I think most on a, a good day would say that I care a lot, um, not just um, about the company, but about every person. And I take the time. I'd like to think to, to celebrate and connect with everyone. Um so I think there's something there about just empathy for people. Um, I'd say there's probably around 30 things on any given day or time that I could improve on. And that's probably just based on the last month. Um, I think that the, the one thing for me that I've openly struggled with, I think is, is truly staying focused. Yeah. Um, well, I guess the reality is I'm the founder and CEO of a, of a scaling marketing company and when it comes to marketing i'm a marketer's dream mm. um and when uh new projects come around or new opportunities for the business which uh, i've seen firsthand and had some amazing feedback um even quite recently about uh how exciting but yet distracting some of these opportunities can be um making sure that I, that, that I build in that sort of radical focus into the business than in some instances, taking ideas and big projects off in separate directions. So, uh, yeah, as you can imagine in terms of latest trends, um, being in the, the media marketing and tech space, uh, it's very easy when, um, I don't know, a new NFT project comes up, comes up or in our ventures uh, vehicle that we recently launched when there's a new blockchain platform or the, the new kid on the block as such that we want to invest into um, trying to hold back my passion of trying to get the whole company excited about this new venture and taking their eyes off of um, our core business model. So yeah, I think that's the sort of biggest area for me to um, navigate and improve on as, as we scale as a business. Fabulous. Now I know you have a voracious appetite for information with podcasts and books and articles and, and, and the like. Is there any specific um, person or book or, or, or train of thought that really kind of like taps into your leadership and gets you really fired up about what it is that you do? 
my my favorite book and learning over the last few years by a country mile is uh trillion dollar coach okay um and i think the learnings of bill campbell over the years to the extent that i was like touring the country to go to the the releases and sit on the stage in front of like eric schmidt um and a few others to uh pick their brains and ask the questions that no one else was answering for me um so so i guess that whole sort of just coaching aspect was really really interesting in learning the style and seeing how some of the best in some of the aspirational companies that i look to um were operating and how they were being coached and uh, in other instances, advised and mentored. Um, outside of that, I think it's uh, on my bedside table right now is uh, How to Hold On to Your Kids uh, by Gabor Mate. And okay, uh, yes. brilliant, uh, not too long writer. ago, becoming a father for the first time. Um, mm-hmm. That book is scaring the life out of me, but been really interesting learning uh, yeah. nonetheless. So uh, yeah, I guess there's a whole new, um adventure of parenthood for me to really get my head around yeah yeah i'm gonna share something with you online i didn't like the book i didn't like trillion dollar coach oh wow okay i i'm gonna go off for one and then we'll come back around yeah, okay sure. uh, because i've as a coach mm. i what i love about coaching books is the ability to center the client Mm. what i love about working with individuals like you is that i've got 101 different tools that i can pull down on which is cool but for me the success is around you being going being able to go oh shit dave i didn't think about that now that i thought about it this is what i can do and i love that and that's what i love about working with you i'm just putting out i'm giving you your flowers right now thank you um what i felt what i didn't like about the trillion dollar coach is that it just focused on Bill Campbell mm. as opposed to the clients that he was working with and the things that he really did. Mm-hmm. There are certain things I know I can go elsewhere and read about Google and Apple and, and, and the stuff around Eric Schmidt and what have you. So it just didn't resonate with me. And I guess, you know, it's, it's Marmite, right? It's some, yeah. some people it works really well. So I was really, I, I've ne- obviously I've never asked you that question before. So I was really interested. We, we'll talk in detail about what Yeah, you like. yeah, we should. Uh, and, yeah. and I guess some of the aspects for me were, um, hearing some of the dynamics mm-hmm. and I, I guess I was kind of intrigued but curious when yeah. um I, I was reading about the idea that Bill was I don't know when Google and Apple were going head to head he was coaching both sides and in one instance yeah. I think he was on the board of one and coaching yeah. both the execs that were basically in lawsuits against each other mm-hmm. um but it was also some of the tactics and I guess inspirational moments where and I, I don't know how deep the, the necessarily the reality was of some instances, but hearing how he rocked up at people's houses at like 6am in the morning and took them out to a like closed aquarium for the day, just to make them switch their thinking about certain aspects that he was looking yeah. to coach them on. And then uh, I think that sort of inspirational leadership, those inspirational moments yeah, that sure, created yeah. those memories were the things that probably stood out more. Yeah, uh, but yeah, yeah, we should, we should chat about it some more. Yeah. Uh, and again, t- to, to be fair, as I said, I think there is, you know, like I, there are lots of people who are big fans with Simon Sinek's Start With The yeah. Why, and I don't like that either. Yeah. I, I, I really detest that book. And But again, it's my experience, right? It's a yeah. different 
and people are paying him silly money to go and speak so somewhere it resonates all right yeah so that's 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 really cool oh my god we're gonna have a really good conversation <laughs> next it's gonna be fun all right i'll finish up on my last question and it's just uh what shapes your leadership and what are the kind of inner drivers i know you've got your coaches and your mentors and your supporters around you and 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 individuals who um you know, for varying reasons will inspire you but i'm really curious as to what shapes your leadership and and how it helps to shape the company you're driving going forward as well mm. yeah i i i touched i touched earlier on and sort of some of the i guess values that were instilled in me um growing up um i mentioned my dad uh equally i think i'll uh I'll get a big telling off if I don't mention um, what my mum instilled in me in the early years mm-hmm. um, and quite literally the most caring parent in the world mm-hmm. would do absolutely a- anything. And I've got stories about around how she traveled across the country and all sorts about uh, if I, I don't know what forgotten something on a, on a trip or whatever, she'd just uh, be there to do absolutely everything. And I think that there's some sort of something of the caring and empathy that, that, that grew um, from that. Um, and I guess elsewhere for my sins, as I mentioned before, a huge Chelsea fan, mm-hmm. um, seeing the, the coaching and management styles and following football, but also other sports passionately over the years. I think I've learned um, how people bring their, their passion into the game. Mm. Quite literally now with the Chelsea women's team, Emma Hayes doing an absolutely incredible job just being so authentic and not caring what anyone thinks of her, um, just saying everything how it is and yeah. um, really leading uh, with her heart. Same as um, what what Tuchel does um, for, for the men's team, although not of late and we won't talk about recent performance. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I think there's, there's something there about really showing your passion. Mm-hmm. Um and just again, as I mentioned before, be, being really authentic uh, yeah. and molding that around your personal values and um, what you believe people want to see or need to see. And I think that's been a big learning curve for me over the years. Okay, super, super. Um, pleasure, sir. Absolute pleasure. There's, there's one thing that I know it came out at the end, but you talking about your mum really, really makes sense about the caring bit. That makes so that that actually just drops into place of really, really. The light bulb just went on there. I really get it now. I absolutely get it. A hundred percent. But really appreciate you being here, sir. Thank you so much. Thank um, you. I'm looking forward to sharing this with my audience and them seeing a bit of an insight. Just a snippet, right? I'm not giving them more. Just give them a little snippet. I'll keep the rest for myself. Amazing. <laughs> but really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Harley. No, thanks for having me. I look forward to our, our next session. Catch you soon, Dave. Dave McQueen Podcast is a Q Talent Management production. Theme music is Biscuit by Le Crimbo.